Can I get a huge round of applause for the fact that we are on our very last chapter, social stratification. Let's just get right into it. So a social class is defined as a category of people who share a similar socioeconomic position in society. And they can be identified by looking at economic opportunities, job positions, lifestyles, attitudes, behaviors of the given slice of society. Social cohesion or integration refers to the solidarity and sense of connectedness among different social groups and social classes in society. So there's social stratification, which focuses on social inequalities and studies the basic question of what goes, who gets what, and why. And it's related to one's socioeconomic status, or SES, and it may depend on ascribed or achieved status and causes the emergence of status hierarchies. So ascribed status is clearly identifiable, identifiable characteristics like age, gender, skin color. Achieved is acquired via direct individual efforts. And then ascribed status is involuntary and achieved is obtained through hard work or merit. And there's the educational attainment and achieved status, which is the highest degree obtained or number of years of education completed. Um... So there's three major classes, there's upper, middle, and lower, and they vary to different degrees in different locations. So the upper class is those who have great wealth, um, along with recognized reputations and lifestyles, and those who have a larger influence on society's political and economic systems. Um, they've got prestige and power. Middle class can be divided into upper middle, middle middle, and lower middle. Um, they include successful business and professional people, which is upper middle. Economic shortcomings is middle middle, and then those are skilled and semi-skilled um, with fewer luxuries, which is lower middle. And they're at the poor end of the economic spectrum with greatly reduced amount of socio-political power. And the proportional improvement in healthcare as one moves up in socioeconomic status is called the socioeconomic gradient in health development. Prestige refers to the amount of positive regard society has for a given person or idea. Um, and power can be described as the ability to affect others' behaviors through a real or perceived reward and or punishment, and is based on the unequal distribution of valued resources. So it defines the relationship between individuals, groups, and social institutions. And power relationships function to maintain order, organize um, economic systems, conduct warfare, and rule over and exploit people. So it creates lots of social inequalities. Um, there's class consciousness, which is the organization of the working class around shared goals and recognition of the need for collective political action. Then there's false consciousness, which is misperception of one's actual position within society. Then there's an enemy, which refers to a lack of widely accepted social norms and the breakdown of social bonds between an individual and society, which is what social inequality is further accelerated by. There's strain theory, which is how economic conditions can lead to deviance, including excessive individualism, social inequality, and isolation, which all erode social solidarity, which is a sense of community and social cohesion. Then we have social capital, the investment that people make in their society in return for economic or collective reward. So the greater the investment, the higher the level of social integration, which is the movement of a new or minority population into a larger culture while maintaining their ethnic identities. Um, there are social networks, which can create two types of social inequality. There's situational, socioeconomic advantage, and positional, which is based on how connected one is within a network and the one's centrality within that network. So inequality in networks creates and reinforces privilege, which is inequality and opportunity. So... Cultural capital refers to the benefits one receives from knowledge, abilities, and skills, while social capital refers to the benefits one receives from group association. Communities are joined together through strong and weak ties, strong being peer group and kinship contacts, which are quantitatively small but powerful. And then there's weak ties, which refer to social connections that are personally superficial but are large in number and provide connections to a wide range of other individuals. Um, there's intersectionality that I described earlier, which is the compounding of disadvantage seen in individuals which belong to more than one underserved group. And there's social mobility patterns, which is um, 
structural mobility as well. Um, it's what it's known as, and it's a result of an economic or occupational structure that allows one to acquire higher-level employment opportunities given proper credentials and experience requirements. So the U.S. encourages this in the American Dream phase. Almost said something else. Um, intergenerational mobility refers to changes in social status that happen within a person's lifetime, while intergenerational mobility refers to changes in social status from part parents to children. Um, there can be something called a meritocracy, um, where it's a social structure where intellectual talent and achievement are means for a person to advance up the social ladder. Um, there's a plutocracy, which is what the America's meritocratic system is becoming, um, which is ruled by upper classes. And then there's vertical mobility, which is um, movement from one social class to another. And upward mobility is positive change in a person's social status, resulting in a higher position. And downward mobility is the opposite, negative change in a person's social status where they fall to a lower position. Social mobility is often directly co uh, correlated with education. Um, and other factors can contribute. There's horizontal mobility, which is a change in occupation or lifestyle by an individual that keeps that individual within the same social class. There's poverty, which is defined by low socioeconomic status and lack of possessions or financial resources. It can be handed down from generation to generation and defined on its own terms or in comparison to the rest of the population. Um, there's social reproduction, which is social inequality or poverty that can be reproduced or passed on from one generation to the next. Um, there is structural poverty, which is based on the concept of holes in the structure of society rather than poverty due to the actions of individuals. So um, people just don't plan for the future, I guess, and people do not necessarily occupy these, but they fall under the poverty line, and that stays constant due to their existence. Um, so on an absolute level, poverty is a socioeconomic condition in which people do not have enough money or resources to maintain a quality of living that includes basic life necessities such as shelter, food, clothing, and water. Um, this applies across locations, countries, cultures. It can be defined as relative, where people are poor in comparison to a larger, composite, uh, larger population in which they live. And then there's the poverty line, which is derived from the government's calculation of the minimum income requirements for families to acquire the minimum necessities of life. Um, poverty is related to geography as well. And then poverty can be powerlessness, hopelessness, indifference, distrust. And it's just like the inability to control events that shape a person's life, so that leads to the dependency on others. Um, then there's social exclusion, which arises from a sense of powerlessness when poor individuals feel segregated and isolated from a society, which can create further obstacles to achieving self-help, independence, and self-respect. Disadvantaged groups like racial and ethnic minorities can experience magnified feelings of alienation um, and powerlessness when living in an affluent community. And these feelings are similar to anomic conditions, which tend to further accelerate social inequality. Then there's spatial inequality, which focuses on social stratification across territories and their populations. So um, we can examine space to illuminate this because it attends to how geography uh, influences social pro processes. Um, space can be used to reinforce existing inequalities and amplify their effects like poverty leading to population segregation and the formation or expansion of ghettos or slums it can create social inequalities and social relationships um, result in spatially varied social structures built environments and unequal regional development so then we have residential segregation um, so it has a big effect on how people interact cooperate and advance 
low-income neighborhoods have greater poverty, unemployment rates, lower quality schools, higher rates of homelessness, less safe, higher rates of violent crime, organized crime, gang violence. The overall greater concentration of poor individuals in urban centers helps to explain suburbanization or the migration pattern of the middle classes to suburban communities. The suburbs have become more attractive as they are generally cleaner and less crowded. They have lower crime rates and often have better school systems. To make matters worse, this type of environment can easily expose low-income groups to illness and disease. Suburbanization can lead to urban decay, so a previously functional part of a city deteriorates and becomes decrepit. This can also reverse in the process of urban renewal, where city land is reclaimed and renovated for public or private use. But also, urban renewal is usually fueled by gentrification, so upper and middle class populations begin to purchase and renovate neighborhoods and deteriorated areas, and they displace the low SES populations that originated there. There's poor living conditions and dangerous environmental conditions that result in increase in illness and disease, and so there's a need for environmental justice. Um, since a lot of low-income areas can lack the social and political power to prevent environmental risks from encroaching into their communities, um, there's world system theory, which categorizes countries and emphasizes the inequalities of the division of labor at the global level, so core nations focus on higher skills and higher paying productions, while exploiting peripheral nations for their lower skilled productions. Semi-peripheral nations are midway between the two, so these nations work towards becoming core nations, while having many characteristics of peripheral nations. Um, and I think that's it for that, so... Yeah. Global inequality is just going to be exacerbated by lots more population spike because it puts strain on the world's resources and has limited access to healthcare and people suffer from malnutrition and infectious diseases and have higher rates of morbidity and mortality. Um, yeah. So we will move on to epidemiology and disparities. Um, social epidemiology, like I said before, is a branch of epidemiology that studies the ways in which health and disease correlate to social advantages and disadvantages. Um, there's incidence, which is new cases number of new cases of an illness per population at risk of it at risk in a given amount of time so incidence is equal to new cases over population at risk over time and then prevalence is a measure of the number of cases of an illness overall whether new or chronic per population in a given amount of time so prevalence is total cases over total population over time so in this incidence is relative to the population at risk and not the total population so if you already have the illness then you're no longer at risk uh, morbidity is the burden or degree of illness associated with a given disease, while mortality refers to deaths caused by a given disease. Um, there's inequities in health, so poor environmental and social factors negatively impact health. Uh, there is the modern welfare state, which is a system of government that protects the health and well-being of its citizens, but class differences in health still exist, so professional groups have longer life expectancies than lower class people which is the second sickness, which is the exacerbation of health outcomes caused by social injustice. Um, Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders have some of the best health profiles because these groups... Um, yeah, so they have that. And then African Americans have a worse health profile in comparison to whites. Um, Latinos have a mixed profile. Native Americans are also mixed. Um, highest rates of death by suicide in comparison to the general population and highest mortality rate linked to diabetes compared to any racial category. Gender-related health disparities. Um, females have better profiles than males throughout the world. Consistently higher life expectancy. 
men or are three life times more likely to die from accidents, suicide, homicide, uh, heart rates, heart disease, cancer, clinical respiratory diseases, and diabetes. Um, but for certain acute and chronic diseases, that's not the same for women. They have more illnesses and disabilities than men, but their conditions are less often life-threatening. Um, so men are bigger risk-takers. They're likely to expose themselves. They're also likely to be employed in worse jobs, I guess. Um, so inequities in healthcare also is a thing. So Medicare covers patients over 65 with um, end-stage renal disease and those with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And then Medicaid covers patients who are significant financial needs. So disadvantaged groups like poor Americans are still affected by disparities in healthcare, both in terms of access and qualities. Um, a lot of doctors won't even accept the public insurance programs and they won't open practices in low-income neighborhoods and they are less likely to seek medical uh, assistance when they don't feel like they're going to be treated well. Um, so African Americans, Asian Americans, Native Americans, and Hispanics receive worse care than white, white Americans. That's a fact. Um, yeah, there's also other characteristics that have a large impact on how patients are treated by their providers, so like discrimination against overweight and obese. Um, gender, women are usually favored as a whole. Yeah. And there's also homophobia, of course. That was pretty... I know I didn't end that really well because I kept pausing to read for stuff myself, but I'll just go into the concept summary now. Um, social stratification is based on socioeconomic status, SES, which depends on ascribed status and achieved status. So ascribed is involuntary, derives from clearly identifiable characteristics like age, gender, skin color, and achieved is acquired through direct individual efforts. Social class is, is a category of people with shared socioeconomic characteristics. Three main social classes are upper, middle, and lower, which have similar lifestyles, job opportunities, attitudes, and behaviors. Prestige is the respect and importance tied to specific occupations or associations. Power is the capacity to influence people through real or perceived rewards and punishments. It often depends on the unequal distribution of valued resources, and it, power differentials can create social inequity. inequality. Enemy is a state of normlessness. Anomic conditions where erode social solidarity by means of excessive individualism, social inequality, and isolation. Social capital is the investment people make in our society in return for economic or collective rewards. So social networks, either situational or positional, are one of the most powerful forms of social capital and can be achieved through establishing strong and weak social ties. Then there's meritocracy, which refers to society in which advancement up the social ladder is based on intellectual talent and achievement. There's social mobility, which allows one to acquire higher-level employment opportunities by achieving required credentials and experiences, and it can either occur in positive upwards or negative downwards, depending on whether one is promoted or demoted in status. There's poverty, which is a socioeconomic con uh, condition. Their poverty line is determined by the government's calculation of the minimum income requirements for families to acquire the minimum necessities of life in the U.S. Um, social reproduction refers to the passing on of social inequality, especially poverty, from one generation to the next. And poverty can be absolute, which is when people don't have enough resources to acquire basic life necessities like shelter, food, clothing, water. Or it can be relative when one is poor in comparison to a larger population. And social exclusion is the sense of powerlessness when individuals feel alienated from society. Then we have spatial inequality, which is a form of social stratification across territories and their populations, and they can occur across residential, environmental, and global lines. Urban areas have more diverse economic opportunities and more ability for social mobility than rural areas, and they have more low-income racial and ethnic minority neighborhoods than rural areas. Um, formation of higher-income suburbs is a common occurrence and is due to part 
to the limited mobility of lower income groups in urban centers. Um, environmental injustice refers to an uneven distribution of environmental hazards in communities, so lower income neighborhoods may lack the social and political power to prevent the placement of environmental hazards in their neighborhoods. And there's globalization, which has led to the further inequalities in space, food, water, energy, housing, and education as the production of goods shifts to cheaper and cheaper labor markets, which leads to significant economic hardship in industrializing nations. There's um, going on to epidemiology and disparities. So there's incidence, which is the number of new cases of a disease per population at risk in a given period of time. So new cases per 1,000 at risk people per year. There's prevalence, the number of cases of a disease per population at a given period of time. So cases per 1,000 people per year. There's morbidity, which is a burden or degree of illness associated with a given disease. There's mortality, which is deaths caused by a given disease. There's health dependent on geographic, social, and economic factors. So second sickness is the exacerbation of health outcomes um, caused by social injustice. Poverty has worse, worse health outcomes like decreased life expectancy, higher rates of life-shortening diseases, higher rates of suicide, homicide, higher infant mortality rates. Um, certain racial and ethnic minorities have worse health profiles than others. So African-Americans have worse off. White Americans, Native Americans, and Hispanic Americans are next, and then Asian Americans and Pacific Highlanders have the best health profiles. Females have better than males, higher life expectancy, lower rates of life-threatening illnesses, higher rates of accessing and utilizing health resources, but they have higher rates of chronic diseases and higher morbidity rates. Um, efforts to improve health care for underserved populations include the Affordable Care Act and the Medicare and Medicaid programs. Healthcare access and quality differ across the population, so low-income groups and racial and ethnic minorities like African Americans, Asian Americans, Native Americans, and Hispanic Americans receive worse care than white Americans. Biases against overweight or obese patients are associated with lower quality treatment, including less preventative care and fewer screenings. Women tend to have better access to healthcare and utilize more healthcare resources than men. And LGBT men and women may have barriers to care due to prejudices, discrimination, and homophobia. Oh my goodness, guys, we finished. I don't, sorry, I don't want to say guys, I want to say you all. But thanks for listening to the Behavioral Sciences Review. Um, next, maybe I'll go over chemistry and physical sciences since I'm struggling. Okay, bye y'all.